0: Havana, oh na na. Half of my heart is in Havana, na uh, na. Nah. Hey. Hey. He took me back to his land, oh nah, na na na. Uh, of my heart is in Havana. Hey. There's something about
1: his manners. Uh-huh. All right, we're back once again, folks. Live in the Million Dollar Studios.
0: Bonjour, shalom, what's up, and welcome to How You Living?
1: Here once again to bring the woke folks woke again and those who aren't woke, the woke news.
0: That's right, down with the wokeness, hashtag wokeness.
1: <laughs> Live in Chaz Tower and answering the seminal question,
0: how you living, Chaz? You know what? Pretty good, pretty good. All things considered? Yeah, chilled out a little bit in the last past two days. We've got a nice uh,
1: warm but cool. But you know reasonably warm uh late september weather here in seattle for sure we've got that uh that nice intro into fall which kind of sets us up for uh the rest of the the fall that starts to get a little rainy a little colder yeah but for right now it's it's a nice time right now it's real nice and it's coming out of that kind of late uh summer kick of just what was it 60 something straight days oh yeah zero rain. rain and barely any clouds for that and so no real reprieve from the uh the star that is closest to us. But once again, we're here live in the Chaz Tower to bring you how you live in. I'm not going to say the episode number because every single time I say the episode number, I say the wrong one, man. Last week, I think I said 31 and it was 32. Yep, well, we are
0: episode 33. Are
1: we for sure we're yeah. saying that? Okay, because you know that means <laughs> I'm going to go to do the editing and it's going to be 34. <laughs> but uh, live in effect episode 33-ish. Uh, 33
0: and a half. There we go. Or 33 and three quarters. There 33 go. and three quarters. Wait a second. That just makes it 34. I meant 33 and one third. Yeah. God, I can't think today. No, anyway. Uh, no need. No need. <coughs> no need. But we are here.
1: And uh, so the the world, it's, uh, it's changing rapidly these days, I would say. Um, a show like this, I mean, it just depends on what day of the week we record as to what's the most mm-hmm. active news story. But uh, we here at the, uh, we like to start with a little segment we call... C-C-C- callbacks
0: Oh, yeah.
1: I've been moving around uh, audio files on my computer, so I didn't want to load my soundboard because I just know that I wouldn't be able to find half the audio files. So oh, no, no. So I didn't no even boot problem. it. No but, problem. Uh, but eventually it'll be all t- uh, tuned up, so it will actually have it uh, keyed in the way we need it every week. But uh, callbacks, man. Uh, anything starting with you there, Chaz, on your mind, uh, leaning back to some of the other things we've talked about,
0: yeah, I want to touch back on James Dalmor, the guy who did. Um, he he called his paper was called Google's ideological echo chamber. Um, how bias clouds are thinking about diversity and inclusion, and it was the paper that he got fired over. And we talked about it, I think, in episode like maybe twenty seven, twenty eight, okay, or something. And I finally like went through and kind of read it a little bit better and kind of like critiqued it and everything. And I kind of wanted to. <clears throat> at first, I was like, Yeah, let me let me get down into the nitty gritty about it and i think in a lot of places here he makes a lot of assertions that he thinks are true and he uses data to back up those assertions but the data doesn't quite uh it backs up his assertions from the outcomes but it doesn't look at the full scope of everything for it to be um, very but uh, like super believable so one of the heavy reasons that he said in his paper were personality differences and um, and then he says openness directed towards like feelings and aesthetics rather than ideas or extroversion as expressed as gregariousness rather than assertiveness. And and then he got really, really bad, uh, damage for saying neuroticism, which he describes as high, ang- higher anxiety, lower stress tolerance as m- maybe one of the more reasons why there aren't, while there are 50% of women in the United States or in the world, Right. Um. In terms of population, only twenty percent of them work in tech, and if you talk to girls who work in tech, they tell you how hard it is uh, to be taken seriously. Exactly. And,
1: and move up in the ladder. I've worked in a lot of uh, tech companies, and I've I've just recognized that in the day to day, being a part of those companies, when you know the when the woman's out of the room, the immediate talk is like, hey, she's looking pretty good today. Yeah. And you're like, would you say that about Rashid, the engineer? Because, you know, he's looking all right today, too. <laughs> but when he walked out of the room, you just asked if I had more potato chips. So there is definitely a disparity oh, yeah. between whether people are considered employees or considered you know fodder for that.
0: And I think it's definitely what I think Google is trying to do is they understand that the hegemony, I'm, th- I'm probably saying it wrong, but, yeah. y- you know, the current state of affairs is a very m- male-dominated state of affairs. Mm-hmm. And I think what James Dahmore doesn't take into consideration is that aspect of life. So it feels a little bit like insulting and uh, displacing when he makes the... Usually you hear it on the right when they're like, Oh, you just hate male cisgendered uh, men, huh? Like straight cisgendered men. And they're like, Well, we we don't hate the person. We hate the concept. And, and I... And yeah. And I even even somebody would probably take that. But like, what do you mean you hate the concept? Like we hate the idea that that concept is the concept that is put on the highest pedestal in our society. Right. And everyone else is judged below that. And you know everything that we go through when we're talking about civil rights and you know civil liberties and everything about what is being violated right now, especially with President Trump in office, it's those things. It is rejection of those things.
1: Right. And so ultimately, in your uh research of of the situation with this guy, what did you did you come up with uh, a conclusion? do you think the firing was justified or you just you just kind of have a little better idea of what was all going on
0: i I think you know what uh, I think it could have gone either way. and uh, I don't disagree with the firing because I feel like he because of he didn't realize the degree of privilege he was speaking from. In that place, and while it wasn't any, like, scathing things or anything, it just kind of showed that his mindset wasn't the mindset that Google was trying to build towards. Right. So I can see them not w- – him wanting to be a part of the family because of that. Okay.
1: Okay. Because, so ul- yeah. ult- ultimately he would have left the company anyway. Yeah. Out of, out of his own unhappiness. Unha- okay. And then, like, in not a callback because it's – and we can we can find another callback if we have one, but in a side note, I just was reading um, – that a professor that I learned under, essentially oh, okay. at Portland State University, um, he was one of our adjunct professors. He's kind of in similar water right
0: now. Oh shit!
1: Um, because he published a paper in, in a a journal called the Third Quarter, uh, was it Third World Quarterly? Oh, okay. And um, his uh, essentially his um, let's just bring it up so I I get the information. The idea of it is that he was trying to say. That because at certain points, uh, colonialism was actually beneficial for the places that it ended up.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: And ultimately, he's being defended by people like Noam Chomsky and stuff. Okay. Because his paper, I guess, outright didn't say colonialism is beneficial it was opening up the discussion as to that kind of parameter of, of, of how a colonialism affected the world mm-hmm. and in order to have like an educated debate you have to kind of experience both sides oh yeah that argument being made uh, he essentially points out things like how apartheid and South Africa have have eventually led to it being this more prosperous country in the continent of Africa Mm. Which is to not look at like whole scores of things that were going on and just the economic and climate of South Africa with the people that were already living there Mm -hmm. given the amount of time he's looking at. And so basically the left and the people that have reacted strongly and opinionated against this article are saying is that it just doesn't have any scholarly merits. Oh, okay. So the fact that it was put and published into a major... A journal is offensive because these journals are supposed to be scholarly information. They can't just be these willy-nilly questions that we're supposed to ponder.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: And that being said, 13 of the 15 members of the board of this journal resigned.
0: Wow. Given the lack
1: of peer review on this paper, this specific paper from a Portland State University adjunct professor okay and he um he's being defended right now in generalization by the university he's not being fired but basically on the internet he's a racist and it's interesting like i took one class from him and i actually dropped it the second week because i was i had a full load already but there it was on uh african studies and there was something interesting in those first two days that i kind of picked up on that Mm -hmm. like I didn't really feel like him and i were gonna mesh okay and i almost thought that i was gonna maybe argue his ideas and oh okay. I, and i just i know that's not a success way to go through college is to argue with your professors
0: but hey sometimes their ideas are fucked up they're humans too
1: right but then ultimately if you end up with a c in that class who really won you know so what i tried hey to, c's get degrees so so what i <laughs> what i did was i ended up taking classes with with Scholars that I could actually kind of like align with in a sense that I might debate <coughs> still but I could understand that they would respect my position when I debated them mm. I kind of got the idea that he had to run that class and that it didn't matter what opinions were being had mm. out in the class that makes sense and so I let I, I, I chose to drop that one out of the, the courses that I, I needed to, to either drop or keep. And uh, now looking back on it, I'm like, I can, I can definitely, through 2020, hearing this, mm-hmm. quantify some of that first lecture as being a tinged racist. Like, it really felt like he was trying to make this opinion of it kind of, like, white-whitewashing. Yeah. You know, that, well, where were we supposed to go? Kind of, like, like argument, this idea. Uh-huh. You know, the, we're seeing it now in, <clears throat> in, Charlo- sure. in Charlottesville. Yeah. You know? um, and I, I've even seen... Recently, just today, I guess moving into the episode, uh, we're seeing in the NFL that because of Trump's remarks against um, specifically Kaepernick and different outspoken NFL players, um, that the NFL and the owner should fire anyone who protests in any manner during the National
0: anthem. Yeah, I remember hearing that
1: and so because of those comments coming out this week today <clears throat> There was more protest and more statements by teams in different leagues even than has ever happened So if he had just kept his mouth shut it still would have been this kind of small protest But because he threw his hat in the ring and on the wrong side as far as history is going to be concerned um, Basically the Steelers didn't even come out of the locker room during the wow. national wow Yeah um and and wow and so that's bold wow yeah and the jaguars and um ravens played today in london Uh uh-huh and they held arms and kneeled together as teams
0: oh my gosh yeah wow good good job colin Kaepernick. yeah you might not have a job but you started a movement holy shit (laughs) like so
1: (laughs) and then uh last night bruce maxwell the uh catcher for the oakland athletics was the first major league baseball player to kneel during the oh yeah I heard about the the ceremony and so it's moving out so <laughs> Trump yeah you picked the wrong fight um, I think one of the problems he forgets is that he always thinks all of us that are workers are below him and we're not really going to be able to do anything about it uh-huh. but he just picked a fight with like three hundred millionaires. So yeah. they're basically his equivalents. In fact, together they have a much larger buying power than he'd ever imagined to have. So right,
0: and and uh, y- your boy LeBron James, who you know did a little tweet against Stone, he's friends with Warren Buffett. And last time I checked, Warren Buffett is way richer than you, Donald Trump. Yeah, way richer than you. Yeah, and
1: so oh. oh I was just gonna say. And then just on the other side of that, um, there was a player today, and there's several players on each team. There was one Steeler that left the locker room. Uh, I, I Alejandro, uh, Villafuella, I think's his name. Um, he he uh he did actually stand outside of the just outside of the team tunnel during the national anthem and there was a player on the denver broncos who did an interview with espn before the game kind of doing one of these kind of charlottesville like cross explanations for his behavior saying i stand i think everyone should stand i mean i get it but i do think you should all stand he's a
0: conservative it's it's Like from all the conservative stuff that I've been listening to about it, that is their thing. There's like, well, I actually found something on Twitter that's very interesting because their stance is you don't disrespect the flag. You don't disrespect our army. You don't disrespect the people who gave our lives to have that freedom. And that always seems contradictory because or order the place that says you're here for a job and you're not supposed to exert your freedom of speech on the job, which I'm like, you can. Remember, freedom of speech is just saying whatever the fuck you want to say. It's not freedom of consequence, right? Like, right. at all. Right. Stop conflating the two. People always do it. But what I found interesting is that I found this uh, Twitter uh, user called Hakupa Knight. He says, since disrespecting the flag is still the narrative being used, this courtesy of U.S. Flag Ch- uh, Code Chapter 10, Respect for Flag and and it says in this code like the flag should never be carried flat or horizontally but always aloft and free and he shows a picture of like the american flag going over a colt's field right so y'all fuck that up right the flag should never be used as wearing apparel bedding or drapery and it's just showing you know american flag shirts american flag bikinis very american flag socks like american flag everything and you know that is america right trump's constituency that's you i know y'all love it i know you love america and that's how you show it but you are actually disrespecting the flag according to the code it also says the flag should never be used for advertising purposes in any matter whatsoever what do you see all the time during july 4th or even where well, it's like memorial day what's what's budweiser called right now right america's bear no it's just called america and then it's a flag what <laughs> yeah Fuck out it's, of like, here. it's like the, <laughs> it's just america is like it should not be embroidered embroidered on a, such articles such as cushions, handkerchiefs and the like, boom, everywhere, everywhere. Otherwise, impressed on paper napkins or anything that is designed for temporary use and discard, but now in our now in our argument, of course, all of these are ridiculous.
1: So it's fine that we're using them for these things. Yeah, yeah, cuz it's symbology and it's like whatever. But but uh ultimately that's their argument is yeah they even have their own code for respecting it and they're breaking it Yeah,
0: exactly and the last one is no part of the flag should ever be used as a costume or athletic uniform i know it even says athletic
1: yeah i read this code a, a little while ago when uh there was a thing on disrespecting the flag it actually mentions nothing about your presentation before the flag so uh-huh there's no message about kneeling which is so weird too because kneeling before it's like Kneeling before a flag first of all, almost seems more... like, honorable. In yeah. a way. In a way. In a sense. Because you're lowering yourself. Standing up for the flag. Okay, you're standing up for those. It's like, it's it, these are all rhetoric that we're using and we're applying to to just this. I mean, this is uh, semantics at this point. Yeah, oh.
0: it goes back to the Maurice and Folkways thing. They're, they're a group of Americans where, you know, th- that's why Trump is America first. And I think what they really hate is you're supposed to, like, stand up, but also have your hand over your chest to hold your heart. Right. And then it you're supposed off. Yeah. And I mean, we've all kind of held to these rules, you know, and because it's we forget that it's called the Pledge of Allegiance. Right. So you're pledging allegiance to the flag because it's supposed to be representative of the values of that country. But if you don't feel like the country represents those values, then you need to reject the Pledge of Allegiance. You don't pledge allegiance because you ain't doing your part because when they say to this republic for which it stands one nation under god indivisible for liberty and justice for all where the fuck is the liberty and justice for all yeah. like seriously why do you why do you think people are kneeling when you say liberty and justice for all and you've got president trump yelling they're fired right. they're fired and it's then, like what they're no. ne- they're kneeling during the
1: national anthem which is of course star-spangled banner which yeah is, which is a different different thing than the pledge of
0: allegiance that's but, true that's true but, my bad people
1: but um but uh and you know it's just a, a song written by francis scott key it's not even anything really like that's the other part of it that's kind of funny like he didn't write it to be our national anthem no he just wrote a song and we were like that's the
0: greatest song of all time and it right. was, that like, was like a farewell song
1: well and, and it was from what the must have been the war of 1812 yeah it was yeah so it's like we were already a country for almost like 50 years yeah by bombs time he's bursting
0: like, in air and shit and the second verse has uh, lots of mentions of slavery in it
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the one that got... Yeah, the verse that's from... Yeah. 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 Well, I- I didn't mean to laugh at that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Slavery. Get over it. No, i just like, no, that is. I, I laughed at It's like, that's right. When we actually dug up the actual copy of Francis Guy Key's, it's, it's worse. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> which is weird because, I mean, I grew up in the 80s. I was a white kid in a white town, so maybe that was part of it. I didn't really have exposure to diversity or, like, all these kind of issues that might be related to that. I just saw poor people and rich people, and I thought everyone's the same. Mm-hmm. You know, but then I didn't know that, you know, you come into these, these situations, and I- definitely definitely felt like in the the mid 80s growing up there was definitely this strong patriotism i think it was mm-hmm. i think you would almost call it like reaganism at that time oh yeah and um that we had this dad that just like spoke for the people and told us that we needed to fight the Russians. And like, and so there was a very proud. And then I did find like quite early, like 11, 12, 13, you know, as you're kind of reading and learning about the world and experiencing things, finding diversity, finding kind of gaps in the systems that should be supporting us. And I started to notice that the patriotism was a feeling I had in like ideology like I want for it or I, idealism I meant not ideology ideal like I, I it would be an ideal for us to all be together and like stand as one but as you kind of look at the numbers y- you know there is no justice mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and until there's justice there's no peace until there's no justice then we're not what's the freedom justice for all and all that stuff um, and, and, and you do have to eventually stand up or sit down or kneel down and say something about it and um, so I, I get where some of this is coming from, in the sense that I remember being like a flag waving nine year old, yeah, you know, who really thought this country was the best, and that we had these values that that trumped uh, taking the board back uh, over the idea of the fact that we were rich and and going around and possibly causing wars and all this stuff that we were good, we were doing it for a good reason.
0: Yeah, and I, I think there's one side of America that thinks that you should have unfettered patriotism no matter what. And there's another group of America that thinks unfettered patriotism is being critical of your government because that's why it was built,
1: right? Yeah. Well, and <clears throat> if we had the like ability to interview the founders yeah, at this point in time, a lot of them would tell you that they uh, some like if you had each of them, if you had the like thirty some odd main dudes mm-hmm. that 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 signed the declaration that signed the declaration, one of those dudes. For each problem we've come across, we'd be like, I know, I brought that up. Because this was nobody's perfect system. Yeah, All of them wanted to walk away almost every day of those Continental Congress meetings in Mm -hmm. hot, hot summer Philadelphia, trying to figure this shit out. Half the time, most of the people in the room didn't like what was going on. And so in order to look at our system and how many flaws it has and be like, this is what the founders wanted. They were smarter than us. This isn't necessarily even what they wanted. Right. This is what they got. Mm -hmm. And so it's to our point to live under the system, to evaluate the issues with the system and to apply fixes to the system. That is our job. We are, i.e., the founders. Yeah. And so looking back on it and giving them such a claim that this is 100% accurate, it's not and you would maybe not be or maybe be surprised to see that like George Washington or Thomas Jefferson or some of these bigger names people really respect yeah how much their version would differ from the system we have today you know and looking back on that I don't want to sit here and say that everything that's written in the Constitution and everything those guys did applies to my life accurately. Yeah. I think we need to stop fucking doing that and start looking at the problem as is right now.
0: Yeah, that's what I have a problem with because a lot of conservative judges on the Supreme Court are like that. Like Scalia was like that and Gorshik's is presumed to be like that as well, too, where they're like we try to go back in time and see well, what would the founding fathers know? I'm like, the founding fathers didn't have Wi-Fi. Right like what they didn't have pass. well they'd be on hold with
1: like their service provider trying to get their password
0: right because they (laughs) haven't used a password (laughs) so
1: they're like no i'm gonna i'm gonna vote on it
0: it's like i'm gonna vote on it it didn't have what's my windows password (laughs) Right, they didn't have a lot of things. They they didn't have automobiles. They didn't have refrigeration. Yeah. They they didn't have electricity. At
1: least they didn't have automatic weapons. Yeah, exactly. So when they say right to bear arms, they're not talking AR fifteen. No,
0: they're talking about a musket that can shoot a bullet per two minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Not thirty rounds in six seconds. Yeah. (laughs) Like that. Think of that contrast.
1: Yeah. And yet we're applying the same verbiage and rule as if the AR fifteen and a musket are equivalent. Right you know, when it, are we going to have the doctrine of the the constitution of science? That's what I want to fucking do, yeah, right? can we start yeah. let's evaluate this scientifically and go, well, what they were talking about is muskets. so if we applied the right to bear arms to muskets, fine, if we want to apply the right to bear basically militaries in your closet, yeah. Uh, let's say no. Uh huh. And let's limit that to the militaries that we've orchestrated and trust and have a legitimate leadership system that we have evaluated and know that can control these things. And eventually, let's fucking eliminate the need for them as an Earth if we figure that shit out. We're one spaceship flying through the space pretending like we're 800. We're not.
0: Right? We're one. And And you also have to take that amendment into context back then. <laughs> they didn't have a lot of money, so they couldn't have their own standing military. So, you know, when you needed to defend yourself, you needed to have militia. Right. Some militiamen owned muskets. Right. You you don't you can have militia now, and there are militias out there, and they're fully geared up. They look like a mini military. So if that happens, I'm kind of on the fence. I actually, as long as they don't want to turn their guns on me for being black, which to some degree, I think some of them might. Right. If they get really frustrated, especially if when you hear about all the uh, different uh conservative news that really get really upset when you're like no we're america first and all that and we're not down with america first then fuck you right is it kind of like when martial law hits the closet racists just become racist yeah exactly yeah and uh, but at the other time there could be a country that decides to invade us and it would be a very useful friend to have so right i'm kind of i am kind of on the fence about like like it is a really big question about responsible gun ownership and but also looking at like how powerful guns were back then and what the what the government needed to be safe back then versus what it needs now where we're a leader they had like you know i don't know a million people living in america and we have 335 million people living in america <laughs> So <laughs> you're gonna have a, a moment during martial law where you, some
1: uh, military militia skirts up and they're like, get in, Chaz. You're like, I don't know if I trust you during the apocalypse. And the guy's like, I've got all of Fresh Prince on DVD. And you're like, all right. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was born in Philadelphia. They're like, basketball? <laughs> you're like, uh eh, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Very badly,
0: <though.
1: laughs> But, uh, but no, yeah, it's, it's and, and, and that's, that's kind of where we're at, like on this particular issue. And so it's interesting to see this issue utilize something that's supposed to be this like distraction pastime like the NFL and bring these type of discussions to the forefront um, that really ultimately illustrate a divide between our ideologies and the way we think about our country. More so than it just talks about how we want to treat the flag or how we want to act during the National Anthem. It's really about how we feel about ourselves. And this is just a reflection of those feelings. And then carrying that over, um, you know, because there's more topics to, uh, to get to. Uh, I see you getting that information about McCain.
0: Save your McCain. Oh, uh, yeah. Will he come back again? Because now in uh, the Republicans' efforts to pretend like they're doing well, uh, something. Oh, sorry it. about Do that. Uh. There. <laughs> sounded like a family guy bit. Right. <laughs> so in their attempt to say they're doing something, there's a Graham-Cassidy bill uh, that is yet another attempt at health care reform through reconciliation. And it's the same strokes as before. You know, 32 million people off of uh, health care by 2026. I'm um, about projected 14 million after the first year. There's no CBO score on it yet because it just came out. They're supposed to get a preliminary score on f- Monday, but they're supposed to vote on it on Wednesday. And yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I don't get it but at the same time i get like republicans are desperate but lindsey graham you know i've talked about you a few times i remember you got upset one time at the jeff sessions hearing about you know implicit bias and racism but you know you you don't understand these things but but fam what you doing seriously y'all y'all have to stop being that person in school who instead of just taking accountability that you fucked up and weren't prepared just trying to like present something like you were prepared yeah, because it, it, it's, it's becoming really stupid now where we see it we're like yes I know you said repeal and replace for 8 years repeal and replace repeal and replace but you had no plan you had no actionable plan yeah right with what oh well there's like 3 3 tiers and every like no it's the same shit um let me see yeah, the republicans do back themselves into a corner
1: a lot with their Uh, The rhetoric they use because they they do go kind of they're really good at going one face of rhetoric So Fox News will say the same verbiage You'll hear Trump say the same verbiage and then you'll hear it out of Congress say the same verbiage, you know Whereas the Democrats were kind of more an accumulation of independent minds Occasionally you'll hear them do like talking points on news like interviews and stuff that it kind of starts to sound the same But that's the problem with being in that type of rhetoric corner like repeal and replace. Now, if you deliver anything less than that, you're a liar. Whereas if you just describe the ultimate goal of what repeal and replace was,
0: you could have avoided this and created something that's actually going to happen now. For sure. And I definitely wanted to let you know that ResistBot, you know, our favorite people allowing you to do your political resistance straight from Messenger or text or whatever. They said that there should be a vote Wednesday. And if you're listening to this before Wednesday, make sure that you call your senators and everything to say no to this. But especially tell your friends who are in Alaska and Maine to say no, because it looks like they might be wavering a little bit. So, yeah, up here in the Northwest,
1: Great Alaska north (laughs) northwestestest uh but yeah no with that bill coming on uh we'll see i i i kind of have pretty good hope about it i think i i don't think they're gonna be able to repeal and replace at this point i think they're actually gonna lose more votes as time goes on i think uh i think it's gonna be closer into uh remodel what we got situation and ultimately, uh, in listening to kind of Bernie Sanders, because Bernie Sanders has been on a, a big media kick. Oh, yeah.
0: He's trying to get Medicare for all
1: in Medicare. There. Expand Medicare. Yeah. The expand Medicare option sounds really interesting. And, and he also calls out a lot of the news agencies for only giving him five to six minutes to talk about oh, one, of the, one of the most complicated issues. And he goes, if any of you guys ever want to invite me to do an hour I could at least start to open this box that is healthcare. He's like, because when I just say Medicare for all, you don't get the picture, and if I say four facts about it, you don't get the picture. If I actually could sit here and show you state by state how we could expand Medicare, and Chuck Todd from uh, from Meet the Press agreed. He was like, you know, you're right we as media could could do better as far as understanding the complexity of these issues and and give you guys more time when it comes to complexity because if we're just yeah. if we're just giving talking points no one's ever going to really know fact versus fact they're just going to hear rhetoric versus rhetoric
0: oh so now that tells me as i need to write um a senator bernie sanders and try to get him on how you Living and just <laughs> give him the full hour right and be like let us know like let's do our research let's ask important questions about it like and let's make sure we have the questions that we would need to fully understand the bill as well too. You know what? I'm gonna write that down. We're gonna look at his Medicare for All bill, and all right. we're gonna look at it on Bill Watch. But I'm also I'm I'm gonna email. Uh, you you okay. think I'm playing people? I, all right. <laughs> yeah. If we get him on this podcast, well, that'll be great. We we want to do like a whole hour of Medicare for All, all right. and all that. So you know, right. I'll do that. So yeah. so, so, okay. so you know, I'll
1: support that. I'll support that. <laughs> well, I'm uh, I'm here for talking about Medicare. Oh, I think it's... (laughs) It's Okay, Obama. It's like Obama (laughs) burning. America? Because he does have that... He has that similar, like, slower delivery as Obama did as well. Like... And he's got that—he's got that older voice, though the—the the, kind of wobble that you can't—you can't really, uh, yeah, imitate when he talks. A
0: v- Vox did a good—a uh, good thing about his voice because he's an old New Yorker. Yeah, That's—that's right? so that's exactly what it is. Right? He's like, I'm a New Yorker. Yeah,
1: that's exactly. Yeah, I'm, go- yeah. I'm coming out here from uh, Brooklyn. <laughs> we're gonna get you. Oh, <laughs> we're gonna play some stickball, and I'm gonna get you Medicare. It's oh, what we do. I've been doing it for hundred years yeah yeah, it's something like sorry guys i'm terrible at it. impressions i'm the most offensive impressed personator out there it's just well, no matter what i do it's like you know that's offensive i'm sorry i didn't mean to um we got uh we got a few more topics i think i guess if we uh if we look into what's all going on i definitely wanted to mention that um the uh the North Korea thing, the issue oh, yeah. has been escalated this week as they visited the UN and uh, and realized that uh, <clears throat> yeah. So Trump said some things. He basically called out uh, Kim Jong Un uh, directly, calling him what a dotard and 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 different types of things, uh, offending him and the North Korean delegation had arrived as well and so they came out yesterday basically saying that with trump's words being as violent as they are we, they pretty much have forced their own hand and that a the inevitability of a missile attack becomes ever greater with the words that he speaks so um that's an interesting situation for us uh Going forward, you know, yeah. because he's basically threading the West Coast, which I mean, not to be make this personal, but it is where we live.
0: I mean, it is personal, though. Yeah. And, and uh, <coughs> so I was listening to Dana Locha's show uh, that aired on Friday, and she had a guest host, and this guest host the entire time was just like, you know what? I don't know what reason we have not to go to war with North Korea, and I'm like, okay. We don't need you saying that because he 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 felt like one of those dudes well he really didn't like the threats and and i know and i'm just like you must be those dudes who's like really easily provoked and uh, i hope i I was wondering if trump would be very easily provoked or kim jong-un or like yeah kim jong-un is very uh provokable uh, very easily provoked too because right now they're spewing rhetoric it's strong rhetoric but it, it's like one of those things where like what is it going to take to strike the accord on either side and i kind of honestly i said it before i'll say it again president trump shut the fuck up i know i know you think like your constituency needs to see your verbato. you think your verbrato is what gives you strength in this in this case and you know you're going to keep verbally escalating it but it's going to get to a point where you know He might just say, "Oh fuck no!" Yeah, you insulted my sensibilities. Uh, Fuck you! You're going down. And then he's gonna,
1: yeah, hit a button, and it could hit anybody. It could hit. It could hit South Korea. It could hit Japan. It could hit Guam. It could hit us. And whatever it hits, uh, it you know a lot of people are gonna blame him specifically, blame Trump before they. Oh, I would
0: too, because it, it would he his actions probably had uh well i would say direct correlation i know correlation doesn't always equal causation but you know he's the one spewing the rhetoric he's the one out there you know cajoling yeah the leader of the people's republic of north korea into doing action against the united states when really right like that doesn't have to go that direction. Yeah, because he's always done this. He's always been like, look at me, look at my toys, look at this. Yeah. But he al- already knows that he doesn't have a lot of power in this case. And even even if he did get a nuclear weapon, which I'm pretty sure he has.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm under the impression. At this point, from the collection of scientists I've read, uh, th- he definitely has done some testing on that level. Okay. Yeah, That's basically what, what we're hearing. The seismic... G- um, oh yeah i remember that underground seismic disturbances that have been created um are patterns that would indicate underground nuclear testing so
0: okay okay
1: yeah it would it would lead it w- i would lead as far to at this point to believe that north korea does have nuclear weapons yeah and and there's a possibility that iran does as well and they've been conducting ballistic oh, missile shit. testing this week
0: oh fuck no yeah yeah ooh that's not good yeah
1: so it's it's yeah it's the rogue state conundrum
0: continues. Um, yeah, where I'm at with North Korea is I'm wondering, because North Korea knows that if they incite action, they know President Trump is going to be like, I'm raining hell on y'all, right? And they'll have however much time they have to like try to defend themselves. But you know that America is just going to be like, we're going to obliterate you if you even do like one small thing that directly hurts any of our citizens so they know that and i feel like that's what's kind of keeping it at bay and which is making rhetoric for rhetoric but what i'm worried about is he might uh, i haven't seen any indicators of this but he might be getting to the point where he'll be so insulted or think so emotionally that that consequence of him losing like his whole nation and everything would pale in comparison to him not wanting to take any more president trump shit yeah yeah yeah
1: i'm hoping i'm hoping smarter minds prevail obviously japan korea are going to try and get china and europe involved and kind of nix the dialogue between the two and and hopefully bring the the harshness uh down a bit um yeah it's we're, we're living in a real world at this point with real consequences and uh you know, all, all these things are are very distantly related. Yeah, you know, the hatred in our within our country's borders, the hatred that w- we're seeing internationally, these these all do stem down to some very similar core kind of instinctual things that people are reacting to. That we need as a society with reason, and a society with science, and a society with global vision at this point, to to start to look beyond. We need to look beyond these these instinctual kind of pissing contests that we've created for ourselves through survival tactics that were necessary a million years ago or whatever. But today in our modern society, we need to outthink them. And we need to start playing as if we're one spaceship flying through space together and not 800 of them individually. Because eventually yeah. we'll, we'll destroy the one, you know, which ultimately we can't prevent if you know anything about, you know, space science obviously our sun is eventually going to
0: destroy us but unless we move it or
1: yeah things i
0: guess (laughs) (laughs) but i think we have enough time to be able to figure out how to move the earth in 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 lockstep with the expansion of um i mean but doesn't
1: it eventually explodes yes yeah
0: we would be prolonging us by another few billion years but you know it's a few billion years yeah eventually heat death will come to the universe so it won't all matter anyway yeah there you go. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's your dose of nihilism for the day, folks. <laughs> Not,
1: <laughs> nothing <laughs> matters, so it's all good. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, I guess I don't really have any fun topics other than, you know, I guess in a way we kind of added, you know, peppered in because we talked about football. I I think uh, gearing up, I I enjoy it. I think everyone's been... Um, because Kaepernick didn't get hired, everyone's been banning football. But I think the way these players are supporting his message and everything, I think all those people who were like ban the NFL should come back and help support these other warriors in this mission of exposing uh injustice, you know? I think uh it's all right to have sports as a pastime. I think it gives us something to live up to for our own like bodies and things that, cause I think, you know, we live in a very obese country.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And
1: I think if we even have any example of people that spend their, d- their days training and actually making their body kind of a machine that works for them. Oh yeah. Uh, we is a good example. And I think athletics provide that. I also think it, it shows camaraderie and it, because it's seasonal because each season is erased to a very nihilistic point of view. <laughs> There's always next season. Right. This season doesn't really matter. And so I, I, I think, you know, that's my light topic that's also heavy this week because I think this week we kind of were just given heavy news after heavy I mean, yeah. we didn't even touch in on the, like, that we opened the last show two weeks ago about the hurricanes that hit. Oh, yeah, and or, there's more. There's more on the way now. Fucking Maria. Uh, you know, uh, Mexico's been hit by several devastating earthquakes. Right, Including very large tremors that have caused almost more damage than the original earthquakes. Oh damn. Uh, because there's flooding, there's dams that might give in like uh, different island nations that keep getting hit by these hurricanes the unrest in Syria continues. Oh, yeah. You know, so no matter what is happening in the rest of the world, we kind of forget that that's still happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's still basically two fronts of a war we're fighting in Iraq and Afghanistan. Right. So. There's
0: so much going on in the world right now. And, and uh, last weekend, uh, there was another um, terrorist attack in Europe as well, too. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's wild out there. It is. And so, uh, you know...
1: Take a moment for those around you that you love and, and make sure you're doing things that you experience the world as is. Uh, we watched with the wildfires here in the Northwest.
0: Um, oh, yeah.
1: Nothing is – everything is temporary. Nothing is permanent. And and there is beautiful, beautiful scenic areas of Oregon that may never look the same. And right. It, it, I've already seen the photos this week of just stretches and stretches and stretches of burned pines. That you know eventually fall and collapse and winds and whatnot and yeah eventually rebirth and maybe the soil will be better but ultimately it's gonna be pretty ugly to see. Yeah, for it's a gonna while. be pretty
0: gnarly. Yeah,
1: but yeah, part but of part of the world. It's all part of it, and we we just gotta we, we can't ignore the burns and we can't gloss over the the successes and the shiny we need to take the harsh with the the good yeah but but we need to continually move progressively forward in a way that brings more people up from the bottom in a way that makes equality and justice more the norm and less of a debate and and as we do that i think our world will start to enlighten itself and will brighten and maybe some of these bigger issues that we've struggled with will start to uh to to fall away hopefully
0: yeah definitely like just to touch on before we go i was listening to vox and the second part of their episode was about this white paper that talks about when the new ideas are being formed and new like more like new societal tropes um as they emerge because you know things that people wanted to talk about before was thought about they couldn't they can now one representation they said is uh, When people would give um, donations to anti-immigrant organizations, they wanted to be anonymous. But then Trump got elected and then they didn't need to be. So for those things, there's like good things that come out of it and bad things that come out of it. So there's definitely like talk with your friends more, especially who disagree with you Uh, try to start figuring out like what vision. Because I think if you start with what vision do they have for America, like both right now in the past and for the future and you let them know what your vision for america is you can probably find you know places of balance be critical of the really important things like the things that need to stay taboo but remember there, like because there's still people out there who think two men shouldn't hold hands when you know it's still it shouldn't be a progressive idea to see two men holding hands it's not a big deal it's not gonna destroy the universe yeah
1: all right well Chaz. um Uh, Do you have anything
0: else you want to leave the people with before we uh, blast out of here? Uh, Sure. If you're looking for things to grow your brain, uh, the infographics show on YouTube is an interesting channel that basically just visualizes infographics to just give you the nitty gritty of uh, info on small things. They, They did one where they showed the difference between like North Koreans and South Koreans. They also did another do quite a few where they do the differences between different countries. So if you really wanted to get, like, you know, the nuts and bolts of things and then see where that might drive opinions of certain things, it's a good place to start. All right. Speaking of good places to start, we're going to exit today with
1: the song that started it all, How You Live in One, way back in November, coming up on our annual here. Oh, yeah. So uh, cheers to all and have a good week. Take care, Chaz.
0: Peace. You too, Mikkel. fucked out, Fuck down try Yeah nigga fuck down try Yeah yeah fuck down try Yeah fuck down try Yeah fuck down